love and affection that you pour out on us. We pray that you will just be with us and guide us and plant seeds of your truth in our heart as we learn how to be more like you and more like the body. In your name, amen. You may be seated, and we'll have announcements. Mr. Bruce. Oh, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, Mission Venue. Um, we're really glad that uh, you're worshiping with us. Uh, my name is Bruce. Um, if you are the first one, uh, first time coming over, uh, we're honored to just uh, having you with us, and thanks for choosing us. Uh, we have a small gift uh, called a mana bag. It's like a bag that with some essentials, and you can put in your car and just drive around. And then you can give it to, you know, the people on the street uh, as a way of we give back to the community, to uh, serve the community. Um, and uh, we have an information card, too. And uh, you can fill up as much information as you want. And if you give us the email, we can send you the uh, 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 weekly. We have newsletters. So you can follow up with, you know, church, all the events. Um, small groups. So, um if, uh, small group is a big thing uh, for this church, and um, we have all kinds of small groups. We have, you know, um, a youth, we have young adults, we have worship group, we have prayer group, we have men's, women's. So there's all kinds of groups there. You can uh, access information from mission, uh, small group, missionmanager.org, and um, there's like a different filters and things. We have uh, online meeting, we have in-person, so like all kinds of groups. We believe that uh, it's a good way to get, communi uh, get uh, connected with the church and uh, just grow in our faith. Um, events. So we have uh, monthly women's brunch. This is going to happen in the coming Saturday, uh, 10 a.m. at the Lucy's house. Um, so Lucy's, that's right there. So if you if you need any more information, you can talk to her about it. Um, church picnic. So uh, save the date on October 31st. So we're going to have a church uh, picnic on the uh, Linefield Park, which is like across the street, and then uh, there's a Shake Shack next to it. So uh, there, we're still working on more details here, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have more detail coming. I think it's 12 to 2. Yeah, so I think we we're still have like, more details coming, but uh, yeah, save the date for October 31st. Um, next one's um, offering. So if you feel like you want to you know, support us, be part of it, uh, financially, uh, you can do that, uh, or you just feel like God's calling like to um, support us financially. Uh, we had different ways to do that. Uh, you can do, you can go to the give.missionmanager.org, or there's like um, um, box that you can give there. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'll just uh, pray really quick. Uh, so God just said, uh, thank you for all the uh, offering on all the resources you gave to us. Lord, I pray that we just uh, uh, be your hands and feet, and Lord, just uh, help us to hear more from you, and then know more, see more what you're doing, and Lord, just uh, follow you, like, daily, um, and then uh, thank you for all the blessings, all the people that uh, be able to join us today, and Lord, I pray that you just open our hearts to receive what you prepare for us, and um, in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thank you. Don't worry, I'm not coming here to play the piano. I'm getting this. Good morning, wonderful friends. 
so good to be together on the Lord's Day. Isn't it good to be together on the Lord's Day? I'd like to welcome some folks who are here for the first time and some folks we haven't seen for a while. We're just so glad to all be together today. And uh, uh, our, I, my name is Herschel Rosser. Our lead pastor, John O'Reilly, is preaching at another church today. So uh, he's going to try to straighten the Lutherans out today. So <laughs> that's just a joke if you're a Lutheran. We're, we're just delighted that he has that opportunity. So um, we are in a series called Forgiveness, Finding Peace from Uncertainty. And the theme verse, the theme concept for this series is found in John 20, 21 through 23. After Jesus' resurrection, he walked through a closed locked door and met with his friends, and in that conversation, he said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, the purpose of the sermon today is not to fully understand that verse that's a background verse, a background concept that Jesus, after his resurrection, gave the Holy Spirit to his church, gave the Holy Spirit to the apostles and the leaders of his church, and he made forgiveness of sins a central theme of the body of Christ, and he uses us, he uses us to extend his forgiveness to other people. But the, the theme for today is forgiving our friends. Last week, John talked about forgiving, forgiveness in our families. Today, forgiveness among friends. I'm going to start with a story that's not about forgiveness of a friend, but we'll pull it together. Perhaps you've heard of Corey Ten Boom. How many of you have heard of Corey Ten Boom? So I can tell the younger people have not. So, uh, what's the name of the film? The Hiding Place. I highly recommend for those who have never heard of Corey Ten Boom to go home today and look it up somewhere on Netflix or somewhere and watch The Hiding Place. So, Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy had a clock shop in Holland, in the, in the Netherlands. And in World War II, they started hiding Jews in their house. They got caught by the Nazis. They got arrested. They got put in uh, concentration camps. And Betsy died there, and Corey didn't. And after the war, she became a great minister on the subject of forgiveness. So I'm just going to read a little bit of a story from Corey. It was in a church in Munich that I saw him. A balding, heavyset man in a gray overcoat. It was 1947, and I had come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. When we confess our sins, I said, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. And that was one of Corey Ten Boom's favorite themes about how when we confess our sins and we repent, God buries our sins, never to be remembered. 
And that's when I saw him, she says, working his way forward after the service. It came back with a rush, the huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister Betsy's frail form ahead of me. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi occupation of Holland. This man had been a guard at Ravensbrück concentration camp where we were sent. Now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Fräulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my purse rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could, how could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him. It was the first time since my release that I had been face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard in there, like she didn't know. But since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from you, from your lips as well, Fräulein. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there, I whose every sin had every day to be forgiven, and I could not. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply by asking? Well, I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us. And this is in the Lord's Prayer. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And still I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of, of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed intently and silently. At least I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands... And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried, with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. And now, Corey says something kind of tongue-in-cheek. And having thus learned to forgive in this hardest of situations, I never again had difficulty in forgiving. Not. <laughs> she says, I wish I could say it. Now, I'm going to return to this later in my sermon. Because you see here, she's dealing with a former enemy, though he's a brother in Christ. But we're going to come around, you know, to the theme, forgiving our friends. 
But I wanted to, I wanted to give this picture first of what's required of us in forgiveness, even when someone has really hurt us, even when someone has really majorly sinned against us. And this sets the, this sets the background for forgiving our friends. Well, forgiveness is the atmosphere of healthy life and healthy community. Let me say it again. Forgiveness is the atmosphere of healthy life and healthy community. There is no healthy life without forgiveness, being forgiven and extending forgiveness. And there is no healthy community, whether we're talking about uh, a city or a state or a country, but certainly a church. There's no healthy community without forgiveness. So we need to remember that and we need to read about it in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 30. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own. He's taking ownership of you. If you've put your faith in Him, you belong to God. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Guaranteeing that when Jesus comes back, you will be taken to go with Him and not go to hell. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Are you ever bitter? Are you ever very, very angry with other people? Do you ever speak harsh words or do harsh words spring into your mind, into your brain? Do you ever say bad things about people when you shouldn't? Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted. Think about tender-hearted, not hard-hearted. And then it comes to this, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Would you say that with me? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now let's say it, but put me in there. Just as God through Christ has forgiven me. And we're going to we're going to uh, meditate on what that cost Jesus, giving us the power, giving us the strength to forgive other people. And so we ask the question, how is it possible? How is it possible to live in community, to live among friends, to live in an atmosphere of forgiveness, because that is health. But how is it possible? Well, through Christ, we have the power to forgive because we have been forgiven. So he doesn't just, God doesn't just come to us and say, okay, you've got to forgive everybody else and then I will save you. It's not like that. He saves us and gives us the power to forgive others. Every person in this room, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if he's dwelling in your life, you have the power to forgive. There's no excuse for not forgiving because he has invested in you the ability to forgive. Well, how does this power work in our lives? It works like this. We must receive God's forgiveness as a gift so that we can forgive. 
So I just want to say, if you're here this morning and you've never come to God, you've never come to our Lord Jesus Christ and asked for forgiveness, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. Because to be able to forgive others means that first you have been forgiven. And let's just soak in this. Let's just soak in this for a little while. When God created the world, you know, God, God knows the future. Talk to Randall someday about time and God, okay? But I'm just going to put it like this. God knows the future. God knows everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. God knew, God knew that our ancestors, Adam and Eve, were going to rebel. He knew before you came into existence that you would sin. And God made a decision in his own time, however he dwells in eternity, God made a decision to create the world even though he knew there would be sin, even though he knew there would be problems. Because for him, for, for him considering us, it was a question of will, will they exist or will they absolutely not exist? Because evidently there was no way that God could create free beings in his image without giving them total freedom of choice. So using my poor theology, saying it like this, God looking into the future, knowing that Adam and Eve were going to rebel, he committed himself to forgive. Forgiveness is woven into the nature of creation. It is God's heart to forgive. He committed himself to forgive Adam and Eve. He committed himself to forgive you before you ever existed. And one way the Bible says this is in Revelation 13, 18, where it speaks of Jesus, and it says of him, he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, other translations say, he is the lamb slain before the creation of the world. He didn't literally die on the cross before God created uh, our world, but it was already set. It was already an event that was going to happen. Isn't that amazing? That God, in advance, loved you so much that he wove his forgiveness into this creation, and he guaranteed that no matter what you have done, no matter what you have said, no matter how you have failed, when you come to him for forgiveness, he will forgive you completely. Ephesians 1.4 says, He chose us in him, in Christ, before the creation of the world. You were chosen in Christ before the creation of the world. To be holy and blameless. Well, how could that be? How could that be that God would before you were even created, before the creation of the world, that he chose you in Christ to be holy and blameless. Well, it says in verses 7 and 8 of Ephesians 1, this explains it. In him, that is in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. We have redemption through his blood. So that's pointing us to the cross. Jesus, Jesus committed himself before the creation of the world, before you came into existence, Jesus committed himself to die for you, to shed his blood for you. 
Isn't that amazing? Before you ever existed. I'll just pick on my wife Lucy. He knew that Lucy would exist. And he knew what a terrible sinner she would be. Uh, not. <laughs> but he committed himself before she was created to die in her place. Because forgiveness is woven into this creation. It's what redeems this creation. It's what makes this all work. It's what makes uh, it possible for life and light to come out of darkness and sin. Is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So back to Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. In Him, that is in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. I like serving a God who doesn't just give us what we need. You know, okay, let's give Herschel a little thimbleful of grace. No, I like serving a God who just pours out His grace on us more than we need. If we're not careful, we'll drown in it. That's how much He loves us. That's how much He gives us. But what we tend to do, and this is what we have to get in order to be able to receive forgiveness and to pass on forgiveness. What we tend to forget is we, we attempt to earn God's favor. So, it's like we, we know that we've sinned. We know that we've failed in some way. And so we think, okay, if I, if I just do this good deed, maybe God will notice me and forgive me. Or if I just pray harder, maybe God will notice me and forgive me. Or if I just uh, you know, try to make up for every bad thing I've done by doing, for every bad thing, doing one good thing. Uh, in some way, you know, we try to get God's attention. We try to say, God, please, please forgive me. Look, I'm trying really hard. Well, that's not the way to go about it. That's not the way, that's not the way forgiveness works. It doesn't work that way. Forgiveness is an absolutely free gift, no strings attached. When we turn to God, what we're doing, we are simply, we're simply, if there's anything we contribute at all, it's just kind of extending our arms for the gift of God to receive His free gift of forgiveness. To receive His free gift of forgiveness. God gives and faith receives. We embrace Jesus. God gives a guy named uh, Miroslav Volf. John, John quoted him last week. He says this, God gives, faith receives. And because God gives even before the hands of faith open to receive, faith never goes away empty-handed. Remember, you remember the son, uh, the one we call the prodigal son who left home despised his father and, and got in big trouble. And when he decided to go home, uh, he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to earn my dad's favor by, you know, making it up to him. Let me be a servant in your house. Before he ever can say it, before he can ever finish saying it, the father runs to him and embraces him and says, my son who was dead is now alive. Kill the fatty cat. This is the, way, this is the way forgiveness works. The slightest turning of your heart toward God, He rushes to you and He embraces you. 
And all you can do is stand there and let him hug you, see? That's what, that's what it's all about. Letting God hug you. Letting God receive you. Letting God shush you up when you're wanting to earn your, earn your way back into his good graces. He just says to us, just be quiet about that. Let me love on you. That is the way forgiveness works. And so I just want us to take a moment to stop and do this. Maybe, you know, I said earlier in my sermon, maybe there's somebody here you've never actually asked God for forgiveness. And this would be a wonderful time to do that. In a, in a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. And, uh, you know, to prepare your heart for that. Ask forgiveness for your sins. But this isn't just for people who have never done that before. This is for all of us. Just take a moment and be reconciled to God. Just take a moment and let God pour out his love on you. Uh, if you have sin, just say, Lord, forgive me. And just receive his free gift. Would you just take a moment, if you want to shut your eyes, just take a moment and do a little business with God. Let the Lord pour his love into your heart, his grace, cleansing you with the blood of Jesus. Okay. Now we're ready. Now we're ready to forgive our friends, if not our enemies, certainly our enemies as well. Pass forgiveness on to others, but first you must understand forgiveness and receive it as, as I hope we have today. And let's go back to Corey Ten Boom, the, the next part of her story, because now she's going to deal with some friends. She dealt with the guard, the Nazi guard. She says, I wish I could say that merciful and charitable thoughts just naturally flowed from me from then on, but they didn't. So sometime later, some Christian friends whom she loved and trusted did something which hurt her very badly. She says, you would have thought that having forgiven the Nazi guard, this would have been child's play. It wasn't. For weeks I seethed and sighed. But at last I asked God again to work his miracle in me, and again it happened. First the cold-blooded decision, then the flood of joy and peace. I had forgiven my friends. I was restored to my father. But that's not the end of the story. 
she began then, she had done it, she felt peace, she felt the warmth of God's love, she felt she had truly forgiven, but she began waking up in the middle of the night with these ugly thoughts toward her friends. And it happened night after night, and she, she just begged the Lord to help her. And at last she met with a pastor who gave her an illustration that helped her be patient. He said, think about when somebody pulls a rope to ring the bell in the bell tower and the bell is clanging loudly. That's what you were doing when you weren't forgiving. When you gave it to God, you let go of the rope, but what happens when the, when the bellman stops pulling the rope? There's still a number of clangs. He said, that's just, you know, just let it die out. God's going to take care of it. And that's exactly what happened. But, like with us, I'm so glad that she tells her whole story here because it really helps me. Still, the episode wasn't finished. Years later, a friend, a Christian friend, came to visit her and discovered that she had kept all the correspondence from those friends that proved that they had wronged her. So follow the procedure, you know, this is the way, this is the way the enemy can keep us from total forgiveness of others. First, you know, she just was hard-hearted and unforgiving, and then she gave it to God, and he, and there was this breakthrough. And then the explanation of why she was still having aftershocks, so to speak. But she had kept proof in her drawer, in her bedroom, that those people had done something wrong, even though she had forgiven them. She still had the proof, if she ever needed it, that it was their fault. And somehow this friend found it out, and he said to her, Corey, aren't you the one whose sins are at the bottom of the sea? And are the sins of your friends etched in black and white? Lord Jesus, I whispered at last, who takes all my sins away, forgive me for, for preserving all these years the evidence against others. She did not go to sleep that night until she found all that stuff and burned it in her fireplace. That is forgiveness. Passing forgiveness on to others. It's like some of the men came over to my house. All the men in the church were invited to my house last night, but not all of them came. But we had some really good food, particularly Michael brought some key lime pie. So passing on forgiveness is kind of like, you know, I went in the house and I got the trays of the key lime pie, and then we passed it out to every man. Passing on forgiveness is like passing on apple pie a la mode, or chocolate pie. That's not Randall's favorite. So, or pecan pie, because we're in Texas, not pecan. Pecan pie with, with bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream on top. That's the way forgiveness works, passing forgiveness to others. In our lives, this can be simple, like a little story I'll share with you. Lucy and I in Germany, we did not know that on Sundays in Germany, you don't make noise in your house, because the neighbors will complain because it's their culture. So uh, we had the windows open, and we were vacuuming on a Sunday, and neighbors came across, not from directly across or the sides, but from one house over. 
Schimpfing. That's a good German word. Everybody say schimpf. Schimpf with an F on the end. It means that's schimpfing. And they schimpfed. And uh, you know what happens when somebody schimpfs at you? Something rises up. You want to schimpf back, right? But we didn't. And uh, a day or two later, we bought some flowers and we went over to their house and we knocked on the door and we said the equivalent of, please forgive us, we're just dumb Americans. We don't know your culture, we don't know your ways. Please forgive us. They became our friends. They became our friends. It's very unusual in that culture for people like neighbors to invite people other neighbors into their home. Before we moved from there, they invited us over for coffee and cake. We, we parted friends. So it can be something simple like that. Or it could be very complex, very involved, something like what, what Corey went through. And I went through something like that also in Germany. Uh, a young lady in our church got very, very upset with me and with another guy in the church that she had been dating. And she just committed herself to writing a volume of complaint and revealing our sins to the world, a 130-page bound book, paper-bound, that she distributed to me and five of my friends. So, uh, and the stuff in there, you know, I mean, what can I say? I'm not a perfect man. But... I had to work through that, and, and like Corey, I was able to forgive, I was really able to forgive her, and she showed up the last Sunday I was in Germany before we moved back to the States, basically, to be reconciled, but I had already forgiven her, but like Corey, I kept that book, just a reminder of how bad some people can be, you know? And a couple of years later, the Lord really spoke to me and said, you burn that and you forget it. Now, I, I haven't completely forgotten it, obviously, because I'm telling you. But, but you see, it's all cleaned out. There's, I, I, there's nothing against that woman, nothing in my heart against that woman but love. So it can be complex. John dealt with family forgiveness last week. Remember that we are to forgive unconditionally. And so we burn the letters. We forget the offense like God does. With this disclaimer, we have to always remember this. Forgiving does not always lead to trust and reconciliation. For instance, if someone is being abused physically by their spouse, that destroys trust. And God requires the person who's being abused to forgive. But he doesn't require them to stay in that situation. He doesn't require them to continue to submit to the abuse. So we understand that it is our task to forgive freely, unconditionally, completely. And, the, and God is going to deal with the, that person about their own sins. We don't we don't stay in a situation that we can get out of where we're being abused by another human being in a, in a significant way. This does not in any way downplay what I've shared with you today 
about forgiving our friends and even forgiving our enemies. And so we're going to conclude with this passage from Colossians 3, which just drives the point home. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, goodness, well, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's fault. That means you don't get easily offended. People make mistakes all the time. The last time that I was chosen by a church to be the lead pastor, many years ago now, my very first Sunday there, I said, everybody take out a sheet of paper and write on this. Something to this effect. Herschel Rosser will fail me. Herschel Rosser will offend me. I'm going to commit this to God now, and I plan to forgive him when that happens. <laughs> because I'm a human being. And lots of churches, they want their pastors to be perfect. And, you know, just, just try it sometime. Just try it. If you've never been a pastor of a local church, just try it sometime and see how hard it is. But, but they were a very forgiving and loving congregation. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who does offend you. So if somebody does sin against you, forgive them. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Wow. What a powerful passage of Scripture creating the healthy environment for community and life, an atmosphere of forgiveness. So I'm going to ask you to consider in your hearts, take a moment and consider in your hearts, is there anybody that you need to forgive as we have taught on forgiveness today? You've been forgiven by the Lord completely, totally, you don't have to do anything to receive his forgiveness except receive it. Now, is there somebody who's needing that from you? With that in mind, I'm going to ask Randall to come, and we're going to take communion together, and then I will come back up in a moment. Thank you, Herschel. Since we're talking about forgiveness and the effects of that, I thought I would change just a little bit of the text this morning. I want to share with you a, a passage from Paul out of Ephesians. Herschel used Ephesians a couple of times today, but I felt like it really brought to me the focus that communion will help us today. This is out of Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 11. So then remember who you were at one time, and at that time you were without Christ, excluded from the covenants of promise, without hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who tore down the dividing wall of hostility between us. In His flesh, in His body, He made of no effect 
the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new person from the two, resulting in our peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God and one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and enemies, but fellow citizens with the saints and with the members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Finally, in Jesus Christ, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So as we take these elements this morning, let me paraphrase from this passage. First of all, by his body, represented by this uh, bread, this wafer, we have reconciling peace for ourselves with God, but also with those with whom we are estranged. So let's take and eat this together and celebrate that reconciliation. And this passage also talks about his blood. By the blood of Christ, he has torn down the dividing wall between us, him and us, but between us and those around us so that we are far, that we who are far away from one another or one specific person and from the Lord by his blood we are brought near so let's take this Lord we pray that this mere celebration by this blood and this wine juice today that it would have great effect in our lives and that you would both again renew our own forgiveness in you but also empower our forgiveness to forgive those uh, with whom we have issues. So bless you, Lord. Amen. Will you just take a moment? Just take a moment anybody you need to forgive purpose in your heart to do that do, do that to any extent you can right now God for special words that he might have for people pertaining to prayer. We're going to have a prayer prayer teams come over here and serve you in prayer. And let's look at this. Somebody who's having a stomach problem, somebody with is it Hopi? Hopi Indian ancestors. I've called you by name, you are mine. That's a special word of encouragement.
somebody whose desire is obstructing your view of the Lord. And a word about the Lord, that he's the way maker, the miracle worker, the light in the darkness as an encouragement to you. Would you stand with me? If you need prayer, if any of these words speak to you, and you need prayer for any of these things, or for any other reason, anything about forgiveness or your own forgiveness or to help you forgive someone else or for any other need, please come to the prayer teams. Do not leave without prayer today. And I'm going to bless you now and uh, hope you'll stay around a little while for some fellowship with us and have a great Sunday afternoon. I'm going to bless you in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I bless you receive in, in new waves of mercy his cleansing and forgiveness every day and a forgiveness which flows through you to others that they may come to know Jesus Christ. May he fill you with his Holy Spirit, with spiritual gifts. As you hold the word of life out to others, you will shine like a light in the dark place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you.